Come on, do it. Test it. You're being... Hello, hello. Hello, 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 hello. Hey, we're getting really excited here now. Hello, uh, hello. So that's pretty loud. Hello, here we are. But Back then again. You, then for you the speak podcast. very softly, so... Back again for the podcast. I'll try and talk like this all episode long. So this is going to be episode number 54. Title? Title? Batteries, chargers, connectors, and more. Okay, let's get it done. Welcome, everybody, to another episode. It's been a long time. <laughs> Very long of time. BKRC podcast, episode number 54. Mm. Chargers, charging, and batteries. What is it? Batteries, hold on. batteries, chargers, connectors, and more. Battery chargers, connectors, and more. Cool. Yeah. yeah. We're going to talk about uh, do's and don'ts with batteries, do's and don'ts with chargers, the various connectors, and how to try and stay safe uh, with your batteries and stuff like that. Nice. How you been, Kyle? How you been? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, we made it into 2020. No, it's been good. We uh, What have we done since then? We had Christmas, we had New Year's, and now it's, uh, what's today, January 10th? 9th? The last podcast was uh, released on December 12th. Can you believe that? Wow, almost a month later. Yeah, December 12th. That was after the winter bash. Um, yeah. Yeah. Three, yeah, d- three days short of a year. Or a uh, month, of a I month. Mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Month. But this is 2020, man. A new decade. Yeah, crazy. What's up with this microphone? No need. What's your problem over there? You okay? A little adjustment here. Oh, Why is your microphone perfect. red and mine is black? Because uh, I'm special. <laughs> <laughs> I wish nice. I could have gotten it in blue. <laughs> anyway, so what but, you got? What you got? What you been up, up to? Um, Since December 12th. Let's see. Um... Starting all the way back, uh, BK Hobbies is doing a bit of a Christmas sale. So leading up to Christmas, uh, uh, you, me, and Susie were a little busy doing Christmas sale stuff. Yep. I think we did like a countdown of, what was it, seven days or each day was a Eight days sale. or something like that. Eight days, yeah. Yeah, screw the traditional 12 days. No need. Yeah. Too much work. Yeah, so you did. Uh, you <laughs> uploaded a new sale every day, and then uh, we just tried to get stuff out the door before the end of the year. Yeah. And then uh, that led us right into Christmas, where... Olivia and my mother came down for a week, which is really cool. So I spent, yeah. spent the time yeah. with uh, my two ladies, which is a lot of fun. And uh, just went through Christmas, spent it with uh, family and friends down here uh, in Florida. I have some aunts and uncles over in uh, Claremont and Sarasota. So we just kind of bounced back and forth from their houses, had some adult beverages, hung out, and enjoyed some family camaraderie. So it was good. It was a nice little wind down, good way to send 2019 away and Start off 2020. Yeah, new decade, man. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Craziness. What'd you do? Crazy. Um, I went to the Florida Keys. Hmm? It was quite the eventful tri- trip. <laughs> well, first of all, I had to work most of the time, which kind of sucks. Oh. But that's okay. okay. Yeah. Just, that's what laptops are for. <laughs> so uh, so for me, to all of you guys listening, uh, don't ever be self-employed. Just work for somebody. That way you can clock out and go home. Great. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it never ends. But uh, um, we had tornadoes one night. Hmm. Uh, we ended up with a leak in the camper, so it was it was quite the story. It was yeah, but we still had fun. It was a change of scenery. We were only there for four days, four days, mm-hmm. 
and we spent Christmas there. It's just me and Susie. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to this little restaurant that had a Christmas menu with like prime rib and turkey mm-hmm. and ham and everything else. It was good. It was a good time. So when you were in the Keys, and I heard that uh, the dinner walks around at the restaurant before it's served you. Oh, no, that's that's in Key West. That's Key West, not, okay. No, well, it's it's not the dinner. <laughs> so Key West has all these chickens, wild chickens. They say that they have been brought in by, um, like, some of the first immigrants that's to the crazy. Keys from Cuba and such. And they just roam everywhere. Like, they're mm-hmm. everywhere. They're in the restaurants. They're on the street. They wake you up in the morning. The roosters start doing their, you know, mm-hmm. whatever you call it. They cry. They're saying whatever it is. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Lots of chickens, chickens, yeah. chickens everywhere. I don't think they're edible though. They're like the dark type chicken. They're not like the usual chicken that we eat. Yeah, they're yeah. just the annoying chicken. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like they're like the wild turkey versus the turkey we eat. Right, you know? right. But uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. It's, it's Key West is is really nice place. It's just very laid back. Um, lots of restaurants, lots of bars. Just do nothing. Just chill, hang out. Mm-hmm. You know, have a couple of nice dinners and have some cocktails and just have a good old time. It's not the weather to go to the ocean. I apologize, <laughs> you guys that are up north, that you're going to call me a pussy. But no, <laughs> the water, when the water is in the 60s, is too freaking cold. We're used to waters in the upper 80s in 80s, the summer. 90s, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not like, it's not like, boat. in my eyes, it's not like beachy boating weather. Mm-hmm. But it's just cool to hang out, rent a scooter, go around town yeah. and like look around and just have a good old time change the scenery at least. but it was too short too short four yeah. days is not enough but then i came back and then we did a little new year's party here at the house it was fun yeah what do you think of the fireworks they were great you uh <laughs> you picked up some fireworks on the corner near my apartment it was buy one get one they want to get rid of them <laughs> yeah it was great <laughs> set them Those up were the massive man they were like i can't believe you can buy that stuff down the road mm-hmm. in florida mm-hmm. it used to be that you had to go to like uh Tennessee or the Carolinas to buy that stuff or somewhere like that, but or even Georgia, I think yeah. Northern Georgia. Like, didn't Bobby when he was doing his fireworks show for the Hellies? Didn't he have to like travel somewhere or go somewhere to pick it up? Like, I think it he, depended on where he was doing it. I think yeah, but you couldn't buy him in Florida. I don't think. I think he went to Georgia. I think you're right. Yeah, I don't know. The cool thing about that corner store store is the yeah. corner on the highway. Is every season there's a different kind of thing there. So that season was fireworks. <clears throat> Sometimes there's donuts. Sometimes there's hot dogs. So, oh, really? Yeah, it's. What about like um, Fourth of July? Do they have <laughs> another fireworks stand? Yeah, for Fourth of July. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's cool. buy one get one there. They were cool though. I mean, you spent a couple hundred bucks and we saw some cool fireworks. So. Yeah, it was really nice, dude. Yeah, like I was some of those big motors were like they were huge. They yeah. were like pretty potent. Yeah, not bad. Pretty yeah. cool. So good times, good yeah. times, New Year's. And then absolutely zero flying for me since the winter bash until <laughs> last weekend. No, New Year's Eve. Went on Thursday, remember? New Year's Eve. Yeah. New- Thursday, the day, the day you did that video you just posted, that was New Year's Eve. No, that was... Nah, that was on Thursday. You and I went out Thursday, uh, New Year's Eve. Ricky was there. We were hanging out. Oh, you're right. New yeah. Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. So New, New, New Year's Eve was the first day I flew. Um, no, it wasn't New Year's Eve. It was January the 2nd. New Year's Eve was Tuesday. We went Thursday. Thursday. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah. It was the 2nd of January. So, um, yeah, it was the first time I went flying after, after since since the mm-hmm. winter bash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was needed. And it was great because I'm really excited about flying. <laughs> I know you give me shit about it, but I'm really, I'm really excited. I'm glad you Come are. Come on, you got to admit, I've been... 
Yeah, telling you this for yeah. a while now. I'm no, excited and, about and, flying, and I'm happy. I'm happy that you are. It's great. You've got your so, new motor that's got you all excited. Thank You're, you, Mark Malkman, and I kill your name no, on the video. David Malkman. Uh, David Malkman. Sorry, yeah. I kill your last name on the video. Thank you, David. Uh, yeah. Awesome motor. It runs uh, uh, phenomenal. It sounds it's, really good. Yeah, I changed the two the two bearings, which I really didn't have to, but I figured you know yeah. engine is not in the heli. Why not? Mm-hmm. And change the ring just because. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Excuse me, I cleaned it real well, mm-hmm. um, put it in the heli. We had an issue, remember I had an issue with the carburetor was sticking the uh, the diaphragm. Mm. The so regulator. First, the, yeah. Huh? The regulator. The On the regulator. Yeah. Um, well, regulator, carburetor. Kind of. Um So the first time I took it to the field, which would have been, so I, we did go flying uh, one time. That's right, with Tyler. Before this last Thursday, yeah. It had to have been right before Christmas. We went with Tyler. I think it was before or after Christmas. Probably like the weekend before Christmas. The weekend before Christmas we went. So we did go after the winter bash, but I couldn't fly. I was frustrated. Mm-hmm. I, I had the regular sticking. I took it apart. Um, I fixed it. So that was fixed. But then I had some other issue. I can't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, some some was wrong. I, I, don't, I don't remember. But anyway, um, this last time, this last Thursday, it flew awesome. Mm-hmm. No problems. Looked great. Yeah. Sounded good. Make did, good I think, uh, six or seven flights. Yeah. Which for me is a lot. So yeah. it was good. Yeah, it was a good time. The motor was pulling good, sounding good. The thing with that 91 speed is the recovery time when you load it up is boom, comes right back. Yeah. I, I've always said it has more power than the 105, but I really don't think it does. What I think the difference is, is it seems like the power delivery is consistent throughout mm-hmm. the entire flight. Mm-hmm. Whereas I've always felt like the 105 will give me a lot of power, but then all of a sudden... I'll go around, do something else, come back, and then try to like pull into like a big, like a lot of pitch or whatever, and it just, it just won't be there. Right. It's kind of weird. It's not, it's not as consistent throughout the flight. Right. And I feel like the 91 needs more of a warm up, the 105, more of a warm up. Like, Mm -hmm. feels like really sluggish and kind of like the RPM isn't there and it's Mm -hmm. not pulling for at least like a couple minutes. And then once it gets warmed up, it starts to work better. Yeah. But this thing from, 30 within 30 seconds of taking off it's just pulling so yeah, it's ready to go yeah absolutely ready are you gonna get one maybe maybe perhaps yeah. my uh my 105 is still in my heli for now i haven't really i haven't flown the nitro since before the winter bash right there i think i flew it at the winter bash yeah i haven't flown the nitro since the winter bash at all wow. yeah why what happened <laughs> just uh been distracted with other with other things that need to get done uh, Do you have to get some work done to the nitro a little bit here and there. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it's it's all good. Nothing wrong with it. Um, been doing a lot of testing with electric stuff. Mm-hmm. Testing is uh, <laughs> about to begin on some SAB goodies. I don't even know if they'll come to fruition. It's just kind of a weird test that Riga wants to do. So gonna be busy for the next Waste of time, couple yeah. weeks with stuff like that. But waste of time. Yeah. Anyway, what about uh, <laughs> you know I call it as I see it. So what about uh, the weather? What, what about the weather, dude? God, it's so... It, this is good. All right. Everyone up north, shut up. But it's cold, <laughs> man. It's freezing here. It's oh, it's like, cold as shit. The morning, when I drive into work, I look down at my car dash, and it says like 39, 40, 41. Yeah, like yesterday, um, yesterday was trash day, so I have, you know, I have to take the trash away out there. It's like a quarter of a mile driveway. I have like more than that. And uh, and I'm telling you, dude, I just put some shorts on mm-hmm. and a t-shirt, and I went out there, and like I thought I was going to die on the way back. <laughs> And then I told Ron this, Ron Chorus, and he he said, "You're such an idiot." Like, 
But, dude, one is like 40 or 38, 39, mm-hmm. and you're in shorts and a t-shirt. Yes, it's freaking it's cold. cold, man. It's freezing. And the problem is the inconsistency with the weather here. Like, like you'll look out the window, you'll be like, oh, it looks cold. And then you'll put, like, long pants, jeans, or, like, a hoodie. Mm-hmm. You go outside, and it's like, shit, it's hot. Other days, you're like, oh, look at the sun. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. day. And you go out there in shorts. Like, what happened to me? And it was, like, 39 degrees. Yeah. So. Yeah, the crazy thing is, like, I'll drive into work, it'll be 41, and then by noon it's 71, 72. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It warms yeah. up quick. But. but, with that said, this is this is the flying season for us. 100%. So, I apologize. You guys up north, you're yep. screwed. Yeah. We're flying right now. Yeah. Um, you can say the same thing about us, because when you start enjoying yourselves in June, July, August, <laughs> we're going to be locked indoors in air conditioning, because it's yeah. way too muggy and hot. Yeah, so. but right now it's nitro season in full swing. When the, when the peak high is, like, 60, no humidity, oh. Man. Yeah, it's beautiful. Let it's it rip. Yeah. No doubt, no doubt. What else? Anything so, else? Anything else? To um, you don't have any plugs? You don't have any comments? Anything? You're good? Look at my notes. I think we covered everything in the... Uh, you want to talk about, about new uh, upcoming products? No. All right, no. We'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shall we just get into it? I think we should just get into it. You don't want to talk about like new products? We don't have anything. I mean, there's been other brands. Did, yeah, yeah. did you see the, um, it's called the uh, Thor? No, the Tron. The Tron? Tron 5.5. What's that? It's a new 550. Oh, is that machine. thing that they were, uh, that uh, our good friend Joaquin was promoting? He shared it on Facebook. That's who I saw it. He shared it on Facebook. Yeah, he shared it. Yeah. Um, is it his product or we don't, you don't know? I have no know. idea. I have no idea. But it's, it's a 550 size machine. It's at five point five, so I think you run like five fifty five. Does it look nice? It looks cool. Yeah, looks familiar, but it looks cool. Looks familiar. <coughs> All right, we're not gonna get into that. Yep. Okay. Uh, what else is there that's new? Um, but you know what? That's cool though. <laughs> like, regardless of what people say, like whatever. Yeah. I know there's a little controversy. I, I'm reading here and there about mm-hmm. it, but um, it's cool that. There's new products coming out to the market. Yeah, because like, it keeps the market going. Keeps yeah, absolutely. Like, it, you know, as it is, the hobby is, you know, we've discussed this a thousand times, it's kind of slow. Mm-hmm. So it's really good that, you know, companies are mm-hmm. releasing stuff. Yeah. Like, it, it, I, if anything, it helps the hobby. Like, I don't know, regardless of what it is or how it is, like, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, it's better than just having a stagnant market that is dying where nobody's releasing anything anymore right? yeah just everyone flying the same machines like it's boring yeah. another thing i saw on facebook is uh i think it's the the company's called blackout mods or something they're coming out with a gasser conversion for the mikado globo nitro machine a gasser conversion gasser conversion so it's going to be a super light gas powered machine what do you think of gas powered helis do you like gas powered helis it's like flying a a, a <laughs> raptor 30 back in 2002 <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's good. It's great. It's fun. Raptor 30s back in the day were a lot of fun. I had a great time with my Raptor 30. It was fun. Gassers, man. I don't know. Uh, they look cool. I can't stand the sound by any means, but I mean, they sound they sound horrible, but I understand why people enjoy them. I guess. I don't get it. I, I mean... The, we know a lot of people that are like super big into this gas stuff. Carrie Shirley's one of them, right? Yes. I, I mean, it it's it has a lot of pros. Like in my eyes, like I hate you know how much I freaking despise and hate the nitro slime, and the the yeah the shit about night. Like it's just a relentless. 
yeah. cleaning, cleaning is, is just everything gets destroyed. So that is a good advantage of like, mm-hmm. you know, gas. You don't have the mess. There it's like having mess. an electric yeah. Yeah. pretty much, pretty much. But with an internal combustion engine. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people that like tweaking the engines and messing with the engines, I think it's a cool, it's cool. It's just, it's, I'm a big fan of like IC, like internal combustion. Yeah. But the power is definitely lacking. And I don't care what anybody says. Like, sure, compared to what they were like 10, 15 years ago is a huge improvement. Mm-hmm. Um also because the helis are lighter everything's gotten better and mm-hmm. like but still doesn't come close to a nitro mice it just just really doesn't now if you get that crazy ridiculous freaking ginormous pipe that's the size of this microphone <laughs> then yes you can put out some good power but then again you're talking about modifying the engine getting that pipe doing all these things mm-hmm. and and then you can have a pretty decent setup that's relatively powerful but uh, I think it's a great platform for people that just want to do sport flying and want to do it cheaply. Mm-hmm. Is it cheap? That's one thing that I forgot to mention. It's cheaper than anything else. Yeah. Cheaper than buying batteries, cheaper than buying nitro, buy a long shot. Yeah. So it is very, very cheap to fly gas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and you don't even need to get gasoline. Get that Coleman fuel thing that doesn't smell. Mm-hmm. And it's more expensive than gas by a long shot, but it's mm-hmm. still way cheaper than nitro. So. Yeah, always will be. I mean, it's cool. I mean, the one thing I, can, I will never be able to get past is the sound, and sometimes it's smell. I hate the sound. Yeah, I hate but, the sound. But, I mean, I don't know. They're cool. They have their place. People like them. You either like them or you hate them, I guess. Um, I don't know. I've, I think I've flown one or two gas goblin conversions, and they flew okay. They just felt heavy and sluggish and slow, but yeah, it's just kind of part of the game, I guess, when it comes to, to gassers. They're heavy, man. They're like 14, 15 pounds, I think, ready to go. It's a, that motor is ginormous. It 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 depends on the helicopter, but I've heard that they could be upwards of like eighteen pounds. Yeah, oh God, it's yeah. or they could be. I forgot who it was, but like I I I did an episode on Smack uh, a Smack Talk episode years ago. It should be free these days, available on mm-hmm. YouTube.com. Uh, I think user is Smack Talk RC. But mm-hmm. we did a video with Car- I did a video with Carrie Shirley and. Um, uh, Al Clement, who's the guy that used to the mo- Toxic Al, he goes by Toxic Al. He modifies the engines, very well known. He's one of the two main companies in the U.S. that modify engines, these guys engines. And uh, we we're talking about some models could be really light, like within reason, like 12, 13 pounds, mm-hmm. which is really light for gas. But others could be upwards of like 18. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, weight is always a concern as well. So, when you put this huge pipe and i'm not very well educated with this but um doug darby has that is it a t-rex or a gowie what is t-rex. it it's a t-rex that uh 700 that he modified to gas and he has that ridiculous pipe and i think mm-hmm. pulls solid man we've seen ben storick flying it yeah and it looks pretty pretty crazy yeah it's the it's actually the same company as the blackout mod i think is what he runs it's yeah. not a production you have to put your name on a list they don't yeah. like keep them in stock they make it for you yeah, because I think they're pretty expensive and hard to make. But yeah, if you're uh, if you're really dedicated to gasser and having a high performance machine that's gas related, then that's probably the way to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Gassers, no way. Anyway, you want to talk about batteries now? You ready to talk about batteries? You want to talk about batteries? <clears throat> batteries, chargers, do's and don'ts, this, that, and the other. What do you mm. think of batteries? You prefer nitro. You started out with nitro. I back in the day. I prefer nitro. Me too. But I also prefer electric. You can't prefer two things. Yeah, That's I, the idea behind preferring is you pick no, one. No. 
Um, I honestly, I I don't have a preference to be honest. Right. I I like nitro a lot for a lot of reasons, and I hate nitro a lot for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And every reason that that makes me hate nitro makes me like electric. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. exactly how I feel about the whole thing. With that said, I stopped flying nitro when. I started flying for SAB exclusively, and I became, quote-unquote, SAB pilot. And this is late 2010. No. 2011 uh, 11 or 12. Late 11. Late 11. Late, late 2011. Uh, September, October of 2011. So that's nine years now. Like, well, eight, a little over eight years mm-hmm. of, like, exclusively electric flying until SAB released her Black Nitro, mm-hmm. which at that point in time, it had been so long since mm-hmm. I hadn't touched the Nitro machine mm-hmm. that I didn't even build one for a while. Like, Because that's around the time when I took a step back and you kind of took the lead position of like factory pilot with SAB mm-hmm. and you worked on the Black Nitro with them or whatever. I didn't even get one for like a year after that. Like, Because mm-hmm. it's not that I didn't want to, but it was like... I. I had just gotten so I had so many electric helis. I got yeah. so used to flying electric. Yeah. But with that said, like that's the only reason why I stepped away from nitro because I was kind of forced to because I chose Goblin and yeah. I liked how they flew. I thought they were great helis and they didn't make a nitro for the longest time in the world. So, mm-hmm. but I'm really on a toss up about like both nitro electric and batteries is the one thing I hate about electrics. Really, the the whole. Batteries to me is like the batteries to me is like the nuisance of like the nitro mm-hmm. and cleaning. Mm-hmm. The batteries is the nuisance of electric. I would agree. It's very annoying. It, the soldering, the balancing, everything. Yeah, the connector soldering, balancing. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, a battery takes a dump on you for no reason, or mm-hmm. one of the cells IR IR skyrockets, or mm-hmm. things like that, and you're like, why is this happening? Like why? Like and then carrying them to the field, and then you forgot to charge the night before, so you got to sit there and wait to charge. Mm-hmm. It, it, the batteries is just it's i'm not bashing mm-hmm. battery manufacturers or batteries as a whole i'm saying to me the battery is the number one nuisance yeah. of an electric helicopter yeah okay. but but other than that like and the other issue with electrics is we if we could settle ourselves for trying to achieve or attain the same amount of power we get out of our nitros three and a half horsepower we could get longer flight times but for mm-hmm. some freaking stupid dumb uh <laughs> subconscious or mind-numbing reason we always set these stupid things up at 2500 rpm and like so we only get two and a half minutes so it's fun that but it is but it's also about it annoys me that yeah. the flight time is so short you know what i mean yeah and i know we're doing it to ourselves but right. it's, it's still like a nuisance like you said like two and a half maybe three minutes if we're lucky and i start getting warmed up at the two minute mark so i have 30 seconds of like peak feeling good enjoying it oh better's dead done time to land but with night show you know I can warm up in two minutes, and then I still have another four or five right behind it ready to go. Yeah. For more, you know, yeah. in-tune flying. But as far as batteries, we're going to talk about the different kinds of batteries, the C rating, the milliamp, um, what batteries are made of, and then the typical price range for batteries. So batteries have developed, unfortunately, not a ton since back in the day when uh, I was learning to fly and Bird was learning to fly. Uh, but the general types, I mean, what is there? There's... Nickel metal, there's lipo, lithium polymer, there's lithium ion. Well, the first electric I ever owned was a, a logo, uh, no, was a JR Voyager, it was mm-hmm. called. It was made by JR, uh, which for the new guys out there, yes, JR used to make helicopters, and they were pretty freaking decent and competitive. Curtis Youngblood, like, world champion for 
25 years in a row, flew JR mm-hmm. for a long time. I had a JR Voyager that was a, um, I think it was a 12 cell. 12 cells, meaning 12 NICATs, and mm-hmm. it was NICAT. Yeah. Then I got a, or no, I'm sorry, eight cells, eight cells. Then I purchased a logo, which would later come. Ah, I don't even know that. I don't even know that model exists. But what was the logo ten? You remember the logo ten? It was like a five fifty. Five hundred fifty millimeter blades. Yeah. It was like the same size as like a good old thirty yeah. size nitro helicopter. Yeah. And it was called the logo ten because it ran off of ten cells. Correct. And that was again ten NICADs. Right. Then after that, I got a logo. 14, which later became the Logo 600. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, I mean, it changed and evolved and improved, but right. same size. Right. Logo 14 was 14 cells, and I flew it on, believe it or not, on nickel metal hydrate batteries, mm-hmm. and then I converted them to, because uh, uh, lipos weren't really popular back then. <clears throat> then I converted to lipo, and I flew it on a... I can't remember if it was a, uh, I think it was a 6, 6S, 5S, 5S, 5S pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 5S pack. Really? 5S lipo pack huh. um, or 10 or ten cells, you know, NICAT or nickel metal. But yes, nickel metal and NICATs, which are a thing of the way, thing of the past. So far I don't away. think anybody yeah. uses that no. anymore for anything other than nothing. Nothing. Maybe the old school... Airplane pilots that show up at the field with a 30-year-old airplane <laughs> might use a four-cell uh, NICAT to power their servos at 4.8 volts. They're right. generally 1.2 volts nominal. Right. Um, but I don't think they exist anymore, do they? No, I think everything in the way of the world now is either LiPo or uh, a Life-E battery, L-I-F-E battery. Life-E or lithium-ion for lithium-ion, other yeah. kinds of devices. Yeah. But, yeah. but LiPo and Life-E are the most popular. My first... Real introduction to electric was with the Light Machines Corona 120 back in the day. <laughs> you told the story. Yeah. Right? <laughs> flew, flew with uh, NICADs back in the day. But the, man, that thing was terrible. No, that thing was sick, man. <laughs> Freaking wooden frames. Yeah, it was. I think it was. Not frames, frame. It was one it was single one, frame one in the middle. One single frame, yeah. yeah. And, and you stuck was, things to the sides of it. Yeah, just yeah. tape it. Yeah, <laughs> you tape, tape it. your servos down to it. And that thing was fixed pitch, and you just flew with a brushed motor. In an old school ESC, and, and that was the first actual introduction for me. But the first thing I can really fondly remember was like the T Rex 450 running on a 3S 2100 or 2200 battery back in the days when light posts were first kind of coming out. Uh, it was a Thunder Power like 3S 2100. I think they were like 10 or 15C, they had no power. Uh, and then eventually, like Hyperion batteries, and things got better. But yeah. remember, like the old Thunder Powers, they were silver, they had like the gold stripe, they said Thunder Power, like high power batteries and they were 15c or something maybe 15C. oh yeah oh yeah so oh, yeah. they've come a long way they so. were uh 10c dude 10 12 really 10? Yeah, yeah yeah absolutely yeah. 10c yeah. and that it, you'll hear us use the the frame or the uh the phrase c rating c rating yeah. c rating that's the discharge rate of the battery so back in the day they were a 10c discharge rate and the packs we fly now are well, 45, labeled. 55, 85, 105. <laughs> labeled, <laughs> yeah. labeled as various things, but generally they're probably about 30 to 50 C discharge rate, realistically. Some of them are more. Some of them advertise 80 or whatever. Uh, we can talk about C rating a little. Well, actually, let's talk about it very quickly. Yeah. Don't believe the freaking label. It's not true. It never is. And I'm not bashing any brand. All brands do the same thing. Yeah. One thing that's important mentioning is that, like, 
I'm not going to get into detail. I don't want to bash anybody. But one thing that is important mentioning is most of these batteries are made by the same factory. Sure. Different, different the label. The exact same factory with different labels and different specs and different uh, quality control processes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that dictates the cost of the battery, which in, in turn determines the final uh minimum advertised price or MSRP price, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're most made by the same uh, manufacturer. So technically, there's there's one very well-known factory in China. That's it. Mm-hmm. There's not a, there's a lot of them, but there's one that makes all the leading brands. Yeah. So don't think that this brand is better than this brand or better than that brand. They're all very close to being good and the same. As long as you use like a name brand that you'll find at popular hobby stores online. Correct. You should be safe. Yeah. Um, some of the cheap unknown brands that you never heard of. Yeah, you might want to watch it because mm-hmm. they might be made somewhere else. Maybe the quality control process is different. I think one of the things that influences how well the battery is going to perform down the road is how well the cells are pre-matched. They mm-hmm. call them like pre, pre-matching pre or matching ahead of time. And that means that like every cell, depending on the chemistry and the quality of production, the, the manufacturing process, some cells are going to be in better shape naturally, like, like out of the production line than other cells. And that could be for a multitude of factor tolerances mm-hmm. during the assembly process of the chemical. Like it could be a million things. Mm-hmm. The, the the regardless of that, the factories that match those cells better into a single pack, you're gonna have better luck with that particular pack mm-hmm. than the manufacturer that just mixes and matches whatever quality of cell they can get right. and build it into a pack. Right. But like Kyle said, like all I don't want to really mention brands, but why not? Poles and and OptiPower and uh, what's the new brand that just came out recently that um, yeah, Shane H- is pushing in the HRP. US? HRP, like most of the well-known brands. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's too many to mention, but any reputable, well-known brand, you're, it's you're gonna be okay. Yeah, I think that making I I fly poles. I prefer poles because mm-hmm. I like the people behind it and I've been flying it for many years mm-hmm. and I'm loyal to the product and 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 I'm not going to change never had an issue with poles. Mm-hmm. But but regardless like there's no right or wrong. Like I don't I don't think that you can say well I'm going to stop flying poles cuz pole sucks and I'm going to fly OptiPower. I think that's a crap yeah. of shit. Yeah. Or or even vice versa. I mm-hmm. I OptiPower are great poles. Are, you might have bad luck with an OptiPower pack, you might have bad luck with a Genesis pack, mm-hmm. you might have bad luck with a Pulse pack. Mm-hmm. There might be a one-off random thing and you might run into that with any well-known brand. I've seen it with all of them. Yeah, not, I, not firsthand, but heard of it or seen it yeah. from. I've had firsthand issues with random batteries here and there, and that happens. Yeah, and so base it more on the kind of customer service you get from these people. Yeah, and you know the, your overall experience throughout the years, and not on one single battery like that, because mm-hmm. you're not gonna find a perfect pack. They're mm-hmm. all <sighs> chemistry. You know, they're they're very they're picky. They're right. picky items or products they depend a lot on chemistry and chemistry is tricky so yeah another thing to consider we were talking about c rating um c rating is so i kind of want to say irrelevant because it fluctuates depending on the internal resistance per cell yeah so like ideal internal resistance is less than one what is it milliohm 
Well, it depends on the size of the cells and the type of cells. Right. It it's varies all greatly. Yeah, yes, it's it varies all greatly. So, like, for example, we fly 6S, two 6S 5000s in a stick pack form. And I like to see less than uh, one for the internal resistance per cell in order to have good power. Less than one? Yeah. That's, like, really hard to get. Well, that, that's something I've seen in the OptiPowers is that it's pretty consistent to get them under one. Over, I mean, the ones I'm flying now are a year and a half, so they're probably yeah. one and a half or two because I take them down to zero constantly. But, but don't. But but here's something important that people should know. The one is relative because, again, it depends on the chemistry of that cell. Mm-hmm. So, like, and some cells are different than others. So, when your OptiPower might show one, my, my pulse might show 1.8, 1. 1.5, 1. Mm-hmm. and they'd be equally as powerful and equally as good. It There's so many different factors that can so contribute yeah. to that internal resistance. Mm-hmm. But I would say, uh, one is ridiculous, that's amazing, but I would say anything under 2 to 3 per cell on a 5,000 milliamp 6S pack is really, really good. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Anything over two to three, you start to get a little concerned, but they're still flyable, mm-hmm. very flyable. Yeah, I have one pack that has, I don't keep track of the flights, but it's two years old now. So it's got to have a lot of flights. And one cell is like eight or nine IR right now. Mm-hmm. But all the other ones are in the twos. So I'm still flying that pack. Right. And I can't tell the difference because there's one cell out of that has a, a very high IR yeah. out of 12 cells. Mm-hmm. So now once three or four cells start to show high IR, yeah, I'll still fly though. I mm-hmm. still fly it, mm-hmm. but I know what to expect and I won't fly it to try to push it. I'll fly it just to mess around and mm-hmm. like practice stupid stuff, maybe lower head yeah. speed or whatever. So Yeah, and what I've seen is as you go down in cell count, and milliamp, the IR tends to go up. Like my receiver pack's internal resistance is like 40. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 35, 40, it's like, 50. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, yeah it's, it's incredible. Insane. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, milliamp, that's literally the amount of capacity inside of the battery. So higher milliamp equals generally longer flight time. Yep. So, I mean, receiver pack is a 2S2200 generally, and then we fly, obviously, 12S. Okay, so C rating, before you you skip forward, but C rating, for the people that don't know, like most people know this, but if you don't know what C rating is, C rating is the the amount of current the battery is able to deliver Mm -hmm. um, uh, on a consistent basis or like on a, a, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, consistent or like... How would you say how what word I'm looking for a word? Continuous. Um, conti- conti- correct. Yeah. Continuous basis. So so many factors give you like a continuous C rating and a peak C rating. Mm-hmm. Others just give you like a just a flat out C rating. But what the C rating means is you're gonna take the milliamp of the battery and you're gonna divide it by a thousand mm-hmm. because milliamps you want to turn that into amps. So if you have a five thousand milliamp battery. You're going to divide that by a, thou- by a thousand, so you get five amps. You basically have a five amp hour battery. That's what you have. And then you're going to take the five and you're going to m- multiply it times the C rating. So if it's a C rating of uh, 50C, right? Um, that means that that battery is able to handle 250 amps of power delivery on a continuous basis. Mm-hmm. This is why I don't buy it. I think they're all overinflated. And we've seen 
Um, the RC Heli Nation guys did tests on this stuff, yes. like extensive tests. Yes. And they all, I think Justin Pucci perhaps was the one that did most of the tests. Mm-hmm. And they concluded that all the labels on all these batteries were lying because they were mm-hmm. um, overrated. So in other words, like a battery that was like 45C was only delivering, a 65C, I think he said, was only delivering like 40. Right. The battery was like 45C was delivering like 30. So don't trust that. Is don't trust the label as much as you trust your instinct, what other people tell you, and like your overall experience with previous packs. Right. But that's what C rating is for. So again, if you have like, say you have a three thousand milliamp battery and it's twenty C, that means it can only do sixty amps mm-hmm. because you take a thousand out of the three thousand, you come up with three, you multiply it times twenty, you're doing sixty amps. That's all it's gonna do. It can deliver more, but it's not recommend it because that's what's really going to kill it. But supposedly, based on these numbers, you can get that much power out of these batteries without hurting them. And again, I don't buy that theory, mm-hmm. but that's what the manufacturer suggests with the C rating. Right. And I liked it when they said so much continuous and so much peak because you know, you're like you, for example, you do peaks of 250 mm-hmm. during your flight, 250 yeah. amps. Once or twice, yeah. But your 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 continuous uh, current uh, utilization, I assure you, is in the low hundreds. Yeah, it's about 110, 112. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Um, and it might drop down to 50 and go back up to 140 and down yeah. to 90. So your consistent is maybe an average of 100. Mm-hmm. But your peaks could be as high as 250, 280, or even 300. Mm-hmm. But that is a peak that is so short lived. You're talking, you know, tenths of a second. That's it. So. Like, I used to like it better when they were more, uh, I guess you could say, honest about the C rating and say, <laughs> here's the consistent is only 25C, but the peak could be 50, right? Right. But nowadays, they all just give you a C rating, and you don't really know what that really means, right? Yeah, So I see people going to say, like, oh, this is a 100C battery, and I'm like, maybe for like a second, but you're not going to sit there and hold mm-hmm. 100C mm-hmm. constantly. That's never 100C happen. out of a 5,000 5, milliamp pack is... Uh, is 500, 500 uh, amps. Not going to get that. And you do, what is nominal voltage on a uh, 12S pack? Um, on a 12S pack, what's nominal? Like, what's 3.7 times 12? Let's see. So imagine uh, 3.7 volts times 12 is 44.4. That's nominal. Right. So imagine 44.4 volts times 500 amps. That's 22,200 watts. That's probably enough to power your refrigerator, your washer and dryer. <laughs> Seriously, it's it's incredible. It's a lot of power. Yeah, that's the beauty of lithium polymer. But again, uh, I honestly wholeheartedly believe that the C ratings are overrated and yeah. they're not true. Correct. But go ahead. You were talking about uh, the next item, which was the, the milliamps. The milliamps, milliamps. capacity. It's capacity. literally just it, there's not a whole lot of science or special to it. It's literally just the capacity of the battery. If you get yeah. a, if you're flying a just something kind of broad, like a five seventy, five fifty size machine, you can run six S, four thousand up to fifty five hundred. Yeah, fifty five hundred to get longer flight time at the expense of weight. Yeah. So you kind of got to pick a sweet spot. I mean, if you're going to fly a 700, it's going to be 12S 5000. Yeah, the way I explain the milliamps, which is technically the capacity of the battery, is I, the best analogy is think of the milliamps or the capacity of the battery as the size of your fuel tank. 
Yeah. Think of the C rating as the octane that you're putting in that fuel tank. Makes sense. 95 octane or 45 octane, <laughs> you know? 10. Or, yeah. Um, so the C rating, the or the C rating, which is basically the current. Yeah. The current is the power of the fuel inside that tank, and the milliamps or the capacity is the actual size of the tank. Right. That's how I usually... Makes sense. It's a good way to think about it. Construction of batteries. This has changed quite a bit, and uh, I don't really want to put this, like, guarantee this, but I think Pulse was probably one of the first to do this, is put metal plates inside of the batteries. And what's Mm -hmm. cool about this is, like, if your battery strap breaks and your your battery flies up and hits like the motor pulley or something, it's protected with a metal plate. So you, sh- I mean, obviously it's dependent on the situation, but you probably won't puncture a cell. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, this is so, true. So I've I, had that happen to me with the original Goblin, where like yeah. the battery strap would break, or the old door rings Goblins had years ago, mm-hmm. they would like break and the battery would just be rubbing up against the the mm-hmm. pulley on the motor. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I kind of ended up leaving a hole. Yeah. But believe it or not, it didn't penetrate the cell. You can so, still fly it. It's, yeah. I mean, obviously, it depends on how hard it hit, how long it was working yeah. for. Yeah. But there's metal plates in there. Uh, OptiPower pack uses foam on one side for cushioning. I mean, this is just stuff outside the obvious, which is cells, wire, heat shrink, yada, yada. But I think it's more typical these days for manufacturers to put, like, protective things yeah effects. just to i mean because they're bombs really in a way. yeah they are pretty much bombs they're no scary, doubt. No scary. Doubt. Yeah. what about price i have two numbers here we can compare all right so we're comparing 12s 5000 stick packs because i think that's probably the most average purchase battery wouldn't you say if you're flying a 700 you're probably flying a 12s stick pack yeah, absolutely. No so, doubt. no doubt. Brand A is two hundred and ninety bucks, which is Pulse. It's a Pulse twelve S five thousand fifty C stick pack, and then the battery. That's the battery that Bert flies, and the battery I fly. No, I, I don't have it yet because it's a brand new battery. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's coming out to the market this month. That's right. So it's not ready yet. So they're the sending battery, me a couple, but I haven't gotten them yet. The one you will be flying. Yeah, the old yeah. the old Pulse was either forty five or sixty five C. Yeah. And now they're coming out with a fifty C. That's supposed to be better. Right. So maybe I kind of like the fact that they went from sixty five to fifty. That kind of shows me that okay, it's not a worse battery. Right. It's probably a more realistic number. More so realistic, I kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And then I myself, I prefer OptiPower batteries, so I run an OptiPower twelve S fifty C. No, you don't prefer them. They're just giving you a paycheck. Really? That's what people would say on the hangout. <laughs> no, you do prefer. No, Go I, ahead. I, I, <laughs> just, that was awesome. Stop me dead in my tracks. Like, huh? I don't get You money. don't get nothing. Don't get you don't nothing. get no money from them. Uh, OptiPower 12S5050C. Those are $350. So you're looking at a $40 or $60 increase there, right? Yeah, $60 increase. Wow. It's a lot. It is a lot when you think about it because that's $350 for something that does have uh, expiration date. Yeah, what about like a value brand? Like, what about like a Venom? Venom. A Venom? Is that a Have you brand? heard of a Venom? I would have to go to Graves RC for that. Yeah, our local hobby shop loves them. He says they're made by the same company that makes uh, Gensase, which would be the same factory that makes them all. But right. they're a lower quality. I wouldn't say quality. They're a lower grade, so they're not as matched, pre-matched during right. production. They probably don't have the metal plate. You know, they're just, they're not as, they're not a premium brand, so they're a cheaper brand. So if you buy one and it comes defective, well, good luck to you. 
Right. But they swore by them that they're pretty decent. So I don't. I, they're a lot cheaper, probably. Like, but I don't think you can get a stick pack. So you would have to buy two separate five thousand milliamp six S packs and put them on a on a battery tray, right? I'm struggling to find them because the Graves RC uh, website know. is fantastic. I know. But um, just to just oh, here we go. Here we go. Venom six S five thousand fifty C. Yeah. Uh, $149 for one okay. 6S5000. Okay, so it's not cheap. So by not the time really. you buy the two, mm-hmm. which is a 12S pack, you're looking at 300 bucks. So it's right. the same thing, if not more. Right. So, yeah. But there mm-hmm. are batteries out there that are cheaper, and they're cheaper for a reason, because there's not going to be support. Uh, the cells are not likely not matched in the factory, and the C rating is probably probably inflated from what yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. So. Nice. What's well... That? You want to move to the next thing. Let's talk about the do's and the don'ts. The do's and don'ts of batteries. This is, uh, in our opinion, I think it's kind of more safety related than anything. Yeah. There's one thing I have to add to this, and I'll add it at the end because this will be the highlight of this segment, this part of the podcast. Okay. So the first, we're doing the do's first. Do. Keep your batteries at storage charge if you're not using them. That's about 3.8 volts per cell. That's not only a safety thing. If you leave your batteries fully charged, that's just more capacity to keep on burning and burning and burning. So keep your stuff at um, 3.8 volts per cell if you're not using them. I try and do that if I'm not going to fly within 24 per- hours. Personal advice, if you have an eye charger mm-hmm. and you go to the discharge function, say you went to the field, you brought This happened to me many times. Go to the field, bring two or three pre, uh, pre-charged set, the, uh, sets of batteries. You realize it's getting late or you have to run and you still have a battery or two charged mm-hmm. and you have an eye charger. And I mentioned eye charger because this is important. Mm-hmm. Do not use the discharge setting on the eye charger without increasing the voltage that it gives you. And yeah. I unfortunately didn't make a note ahead of the podcast. So I cannot tell you what the default is. I believe the default is 3.3. I believe. I was going to say 3.2. It's low. Whatever. It's very low. Whatever that is, increase that by at least 0.3 or 0.4 volts. Well, they have a storage setting too. There's charge. Uh, storage, storage correct. Charge. Yeah. But if you do want to use the discharge, which happens faster, mm-hmm. use it. But increase that default by 0.3 or 0.4. I believe it's 3.2, 3.3. Something like that. It could be as high as 3.5, but when it gets under a load, it will over-discharge your battery. And it's not going to kill it, but it's it's not good for it either. Right. But like Kyle said, um, super important. Do not, do not. This is, I think this is the number one lipo killer. Yes. Leaving your batteries charged. Yes. And I have been guilty of that too many times. Me too. It's just too easy to charge up at the field. Then, like you said, you got to go. Something happened. You got to run and you forget about it until a month later. It's worse than overheating them. It's worse than abusing them. It's worse than over discharging them. Mm -hmm. Do not leave them charged. Yes. It's the worst thing. It's worth, it's, it's terrible for safety and it's terrible for the battery, like longevity. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh... We kind of already talked about this too. Research on good, high-quality batteries. The cheap batteries are cheap for a reason. Bad quality and can be dangerous. What I mean by dangerous is if you're charging them, you might have, if the cells are way out of whack, they might not be able to balance. And then you might, this is not exaggerating, you might have a fire of some sort. There are batteries that cheap. I've heard stories, not going to mention any names, of batteries that have had a balance connector that, that belonged to the elite that was on the opposite side of that same balance connector. Mm-hmm. Very dangerous. So, yes, do your research, get high quality, 
reputable brands that are backed up by you don't want to burn your house no uh the same guy i mentioned before i don't i don't actually i shouldn't even say this but i know people that have burned their homes Mm -hmm. literally because Mm -hmm. of a lipo battery yeah so do not uh be cheap cheap can be very expensive and extremely aggravating yeah Yeah. uh the next one is has to do with battery connectors mostly but learn how to solder before soldering your connectors um, make sure you're using the right size connector for the application. Make sure you're soldering the correct polarity. Yeah. So for stuff like a stick pack, Pulse really did it a cool way where you have you have a red positive, you have a black negative coming off from yeah, which will be the main. So if you have a stick, stick pack, for example, yeah. like a stick with two packs within it, yeah, yeah. you have a red positive and a, and a black negative that you would plug into your ESC, and then you have yeah. a yellow positive and a yellow negative, yeah. and yeah. you connect the yellows together correct. to make it a correct. So it's really, really hard to mess that up. But some, like the OptiPowers, for example, they don't have that. You yeah. have to pay Learn, to and, and, you, and that's a good point. Learn how to solder. Yes. If you don't know how to solder, find somebody that does. Anybody and anybody would teach you how to properly solder. Like, if you come to Orlando, I'll teach you how to solder. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's super important. I knew a guy that did not know how to solder to save his life. And he constantly had cold solder joints, like cold solder, mm-hmm. um, in his batteries. And one time in his garage, one of the batteries, literally one of the terminals, like I think it was, doesn't matter, positive or negative, came, broke loose by itself mm-hmm. because it was a cold solder joint. Mm-hmm. And it barely touched the opposite terminal enough to where it lit up mm-hmm. the battery. Yeah. And he got lucky that he somehow smelled something, went out there and started kicking the battery and got the battery out of the house and did not burn his home. Mm-hmm. Soldering is important. It can, if it's a cold solder joint, it can separate in flight and crash your helicopter. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a separate receiver pack or a buffer pack, you're not only losing your in, your motor, you're losing your servos. Everything. You could kill yourself or kill somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it happens at home while at rest, which is very possible, it could do a lot of harm. Mm-hmm. If it happens while traveling in your vehicle, it could start burning in the back of your car. And by the time you stop, it's too late. Mm-hmm. You might need to run away from your vehicle if you get lucky enough not to get burned yourself. Yes, learn to solder. Very yes. important. Very Absolutely. important. It's so yeah. easy and it's so easy to learn. Just take it seriously and learn to solder. Next one has to do with uh, charging. Whenever you're charging your lithium polymer battery, always, 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 no matter what, always balance charge it. Always. No reason not to because every charger available now has a balance board or balancing Absolutely. circuit built into it. There's no excuse to not balance your LiPo batteries. Always use the balancing lead, always. the balancing port. Always. No doubt. It's not only important for the health of the batteries, but it's also a safety thing so that one cell doesn't get overcharged compared to another one. Yeah, and a lot of people are, like, I had some arguments with uh, somebody not too long ago about this and said, well, but if you skip the balance, like, say you're charging a 5S pack, you know that fully charged voltage is 25.2 volts. Mm -hmm. So nothing could go wrong. I'm like, yes, it could. Because you you could have one cell that refuses to accept a charge because it's damaged. It has high internal resistance, whatever. And that one cell is 3.7, 3.8 and refuses to accept more. Well, now you have two that are taking only 3.8. Mm-hmm. So the other four need to go up to 4.5 or whatever it takes mm-hmm. to make up the total math of 25.2. Right. 
So sometimes that could be very dangerous because the cells that are being pushed the hardest, that are accepting the charge, can actually get overcharged and they can heat up and they can go off. Yep. No doubt. Yep. No doubt. And smoke and flames and before you know it, it's just yeah. too late. Then uh, last for the do's is uh, do store your batteries in a dry, cool place when not flying them. Don't leave them in your car. Don't leave them in the sunlight. Don't leave them in a super cold place, but don't leave them in a super hot place. Yeah. Um, I usually leave mine in a battery box case. Yeah. In my living room, it's always at least 70 to 75 in there, so they're just yeah. in a comfortable... And in a, in a safe, protected place where yes. they cannot get punctured or yes. damaged or whatever. So, yes. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what about the don'ts? The don'ts, something that I have tried to maintain, and it's even easier now with telemetry, is do not over-discharge past 20% remaining. This will decrease the life of the battery, and it will decrease the cells. If you take it past 20% remaining, you just shorten the life of the battery. And what I have learned from this is you can do it once, maybe twice. Mm -hmm. No more. Nope. Um, I've had batteries that have over-discharged down to nothing. And they came back, mm -hmm. and they performed pretty well. Mm -hmm. But Never the same. Uh, eh, one time might be okay if you're lucky, but if you do it more than once, it's game over. It's done. That's all it takes. Yeah. Battery's done. That's what was tough for like... It's a hover three. pack. It's a... Yeah, yeah it's a... It's a sport flying hover pack and yeah. that's all you're gonna get yeah because for global 3d doing the routines i always took them down to like five six percent yeah and it's yeah. tough because they just don't perform like yeah. they used to just because of yeah. all the abuse but yeah. uh next do not leave batteries fully charged for more than 24 hours if at all possible this you know, is this yeah we already thing. discussed it yep do not leave them charged yep do, do not you want to read it go for it do not continue to charge and fly a battery that has been punctured from a crash very important so my general rule of thumb, and this sounds very retinic or whatever, but is I smell the battery. I smell yeah. it. Best way to do it. Smell it. Yep. Smell it. Lithium polymer has an ex a very... Once you've smelled lithium, mm -hmm. you will never forget the smell of it. Mm -hmm. And you, I can smell it from a mile away. Yeah. Um, probably the best thing... Like, honestly, this sounds kind of stupid and crazy. <laughs> But if you have like an old receiver pack that you're going to throw away, um, poke a little hole in it, like very carefully, like outside your house, be very careful because mm -hmm. you don't want any energy. You don't want it to like, like generally people have this misconception that if you poke a lithium battery it is going to explode in your face and burn you and you're going to be dead for the rest of your life. No. You're, you're going to be the cripple for the rest of your life or you're going to yeah. die. No, it's yeah. not the case. When you poke a battery that has a lot of energy stored, it takes a solid second or two before it starts to mm -hmm. um, uh, sort of look like some kind of firework stick or if, something. If it even does. I've, if it even does. I've yeah. seen many batteries puncture and nothing. But the best way to do it, like, like, and this sounds, again, crazy, and you do this at your own risk. I assume no liability for this disclosure, disclaimer. I am not responsible for your safety. <laughs> but one thing that you could do is you have, like, a really old battery, a small. I'm talking, like, a really small battery, like a like a 3S pack from, like, a yeah. T-Rex, old T-Rex 450 or, like, a receiver pack. And it's done, and you're going to throw it away. Like, make sure it's fully discharged, like, even below the normal discharge rate, like, three three volts per cell or whatever. Yeah. And then take a little screwdriver and poke one of the cells very lightly, just very, very lightly, and leave it on the ground and wait, like, five minutes. If it doesn't go off, just grab it and try to smell it. 
you will smell that lithium. And I'm telling you, it smells like, it's like a very sweet, it's like a sweet odor. It's like, yeah. But it's a very unique, there's nothing that smells like that. It's Mm -hmm. like, it almost wants you want to eat it Mm because it smells not, it smells kind of not good, but it, it's, it's kind of sweet, yeah, like smelling, candy, yeah. yeah. But once you recognize that smell, that mm-hmm. is the first thing I do when I have a, cra- a a pack that gets crashed and ruined, or not ruined, but like like that that maybe gets a little wrinkled because it was part of a big crash. Is the first thing I do is like I let it sit, I wait, make mm-hmm. sure it's not gonna do anything stupid, and then I smell it to mm-hmm. see. Because you will spot a leak. If you have a, a lithium leak, you will spot it just by smelling it. Mm-hmm. If you can smell lithium, do not fly. Just mm-hmm. dispose of it. Mm-hmm. Get, rid get rid of it. it. Yeah. Do something. Yeah. I think I think the technically correct way to do it is you put it in salt water. Salt water, yeah. It neutralizes the lithium, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Put Absolutely. it in a bucket of salt water. Uh, I yeah. Think... yeah, take a bucket, yeah. throw some salt, and then put it in there and let it sit there for a day or two. Mm-hmm. Then remove it and then throw it away. Throw it away. So. But do not throw it away, like charged or before doing Well, consult your local, your local, uh, I don't know, your local counties or whatever ordinance or whatever with regards to how to dispose of batteries. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they all have their own. Uh, their own their own requirements in terms of like how to dispose of a battery. You right. Know, you don't want to throw batteries in your trash. You right. Know, so. Right. What's the next one? Um, do not charge above four point two, and that goes back to use your balancer mm-hmm. and a good charger. Mm-hmm. You know, we did not talk about using a good charger, but using a good charger is imperative. Imperative. Don't use a cheap Chinese crappy. I mean, they're all made in China, but you know what I mean, yeah. like. Some clone or some garbage charger. You want a good, reputable brand charger. Mm-hmm. That is very important because you want that charger to stop your charge at 4.2 volts per cell. Mm-hmm. Um, graphene batteries are 4.3. 4.3 or... Um, it's, yeah. they, they vary. Yeah. It's a different But voltage. just follow manufacturer's recommendations yeah. for whatever the maximum per volt per cell is. Yeah. Yeah. Moving along... Uh, do not charge above the recommended charge rate as stated by the battery manufacturer. This is a this is fundamental based on the milliamps of the battery. Yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit. Some batteries tell you that they're okay to charge up to like whatever five C or three C or whatever they say. I personally, as a rule of thumb, never charge anything over two C. Same here. Same yeah. Here. Yep. So like if I have a five thousand milliamp pack. I charge at 10 amps. Mm-hmm. That's 2C. Yeah. So again, the C rating comes into effect. Yeah. Take the 5,000, divide by 1,000, mm-hmm. and then multiply times 2. That's mm-hmm. 2C. Yeah. 10 amps. If I'm in an extreme hurry, I know that I've I've been able to do it successfully. I know Pulse can take it. I've done it up to 4, even 5C. Mm-hmm. Rarely, maybe once in the last five years I've ever done that. I normally try to do 2C and no more. Mm-hmm. If I am home... And I'm not go- like if I'm getting ready to fly the next day, which I rarely do. I normally bring the stuff discharge and charge at the field, which is stupid. But yeah. if I plan the next day and I know I'm gonna go fly and I have the time to charge at home, mm-hmm. I will charge always at home at one C. Yep, same. Because the slower you charge your pack, the better for the pack mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, um, you're gonna get longer lifetime out of the pack. If you had a pack that you could charge at one C and never over discharge below the twenty percent. And never leave charged. Trust me, that pack could last you 
hundreds and hundreds of hundreds. cycles. Yep. Yeah, hundreds. Yeah. So it's very important. I always like I with the same with Bert. I do about usually one and a half at the field, but that that could be primarily due to the charging stations that we have at the field aren't as strong as they used to, but. I've never been in a big enough hurry to go above 2C. Just for fun, when I was at home in New York, I think I did 5C. And I think I charged a 5,000 pack in like... Yeah, I've done it like... Five minutes? Yeah, I've done it a couple times. Like, ever. Like, I think I was... uh, We were at Urchel one year, years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, Early days of uh, SAB. And I told Enrico, just... Enrico was helping charge. And Mm -hmm. we were running out of time. Because we had demos or whatever. And I plugged one in. And Enrico looked at me. And I just put it at... I think it was ridiculous, like 25 amps per cell, mm-hmm. like 25 amps per pack, mm-hmm. um, which would have been 5C. And it took it, and it was done like seven minutes or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah. so fast. Yeah. But you don't get the same performance out of that charge. Mm-mm. It's almost like as if it's like something missing that it just it did, because it's just pushing so much current to it that it, it goes to that peak faster. So it does not really get 100% charge. It might get 90, 95% yeah. charge yeah, or like whatever. Yeah, the capacity is not yeah. there. Yeah. Well, the last thing I have on my list before you're <laughs> you found that's funny. The last thing I have is do not leave charging batteries unattended. If you take anything away from this podcast, please make this it. Do not leave charging batteries unattended. I know someone personally, you and I both know, might be thinking of the same thing. Yeah. Uh, his living room caught on fire because he started charging batteries, maybe not with the best charger, and walked away. And it yeah. lit his living room on fire. So this is seriously super important. So who was that? Hold on, I'm on a mute. All right, yeah. unmute. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't wait till the end to hear that. Okay, it's very dangerous. So if you're charging a battery, always uh, either be in the same room or keep an eye on it, or do it outside is the best. I do it a lot. I'm guilty of it. I know I should never do it, but I do it in the shed. So my theory is, if the shed blows up, ah, I lose all my helicopters. But I, like, <laughs> I don't have vehicles parked inside. It's not my home. It's yeah. just a shit. It's a metal yeah. shit. Yeah, I wouldn't want it to catch fire. Right. But I it wouldn't be as it, bad as it could be. No, it's yeah. dedicated to heli, so I would pay for my own mistake. Right. Um. And and in the form of losing all my helicopters to a fire. Right. But I will not lose a vehicle or, or a life or or you know my wife or like the house or yeah. anything that belongs to us here. So. Yeah. But yes, I agree. Do not do it. Don't be stupid. Not worth it. Um. Another thing that I just thought of, and my dear, good old partner in crime, good friend Mister Bobby Watts knows mm. about this. Do not travel with your batteries. Um, to like, if you're traveling somewhere, like, first of all, do not take him on an airplane. Do not be that guy. Don't be stupid. Do not try it. I'm not saying Bobby did this. This, I just thought of this because this is very important. Do not fly with batteries on an airplane. Don't be that idiot guy that does that. I don't give a shit. Pardon my French. I don't give a shit. If you get away with it, do not do it. We used to you, do it. Not anymore. You can kill yourself. You can kill everybody on that plane. Mm-hmm. Do not do it. You do not know how terrible these TSA guys are, how terrible these stupid airline sub, uh, contractors are, and the people at the airport tossing luggage and throwing shit around. You never know if something pokes your battery or your battery decides to blow up because mm-hmm. it's a shitty battery. Or it's old, or it's a crappy brand, or it just simply shorted because the freaking coal solder joint came loose, mm-hmm. or anything happens. And if it happens in the cargo bay, you might be dead. Mm-hmm. Do not do it. Yep. It is stupid. 
Yeah. Stupid. I hate it when people do that shit. Yeah. Because then I find out that I was on that same plane and I do not trust it. Yeah. I don't want it. You're I'm talking like, about putting it in check luggage too, not carrying yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Do not. Uh, like if you if you get away with carrying it on board, like it's carry on, good luck. Yeah. The TSA will let you. Do it because I don't know what you're going to do. You're going to stick it up your butt to put it out if it starts burning in the middle of the flight. But do not put it in the cargo bay as do check not. luggage. Do don't not. be that guy. Don't be stupid. And if you're going to ship it, ship it ground. Because shipping if it you're by shipping, air is just as bad. Do not use the United States Postal Service. Do not mm. use the USPS. Mm. Do not lie to them and tell them, yes, there's no batteries. Do not do it. Mm-mm. If you're going to ship it, ship it ground. UPS ground, USPS ground. That's it. USPS uses regular airliners like Delta, US Airways, mm-hmm. Southwest. That's what USPS uses to ship priority mail. Do not send it priority mail anywhere. Mm-hmm. Send it UPS ground or FedEx ground. If you're going to an event, go to the UPS store, go to the FedEx Kinkos, tell them you have a battery, you want to ship it, bring it in the box. And let them ship it ground, and they will do that for you. It's all okay, mm-hmm. but but just don't don't lie. Don't send it next day air. Don't working. send it USPS. Don't fly with it and check luggage. That's mm-hmm. dumb. All right, rent over. Yeah. Um, if you're traveling with a trailer, do not put your battery in the back <laughs> of the trailer and just drive a thousand miles on the road. My good old friend Bobby Watts put a bunch of batteries in a cardboard box inside a trailer. <laughs> Like a cargo trailer, like one of those cargo trailers, like a 6 by 10 whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And, no, it was a little trailer we had for Smack Talk, the mm-hmm. black one. It's like a tiny little trailer that he used to tow. He put him in a cardboard box. He never thought anything wrong about it, which there was nothing wrong about it. But it makes you think about this situation. The battery started to burn inside this cardboard box inside the trailer. And he was driving down the road. How how would he know? He didn't know. You no can't idea. see it. No idea. When you start seeing the smoke, it's too late. The trailer's burning. He got lucky that all he burned was one of our goblin flags, you know, one of the beach <laughs> flags we take to the field. And those flags are fire retardant. For, uh, re- fire resistant? Re- resistant? Not resistant. Retard, retardant. Retardant, yeah. Retardant. Yeah. And uh, the, the actual flag put out the battery, believe it or not. And wow. it kept the rest of the trailer from catching on fire. But my point is, is if he destroyed the flag, he felt really bad. I didn't know about that. I think That's it was funny. funny as shit. I never heard that story. But the thing is, you gotta ask him when we see him. But the thing is, if you're and like, and I would have, it. I'm not. This is not a reflection on any poor judgment on behalf of Bobby. Like I've done that so many times. Like mm-hmm. we go to an event, put the batteries, put the helis, put everything in the trailer. Boom, you go. But when you're driving down the road, you have a trailer back there that's just bouncing around like a $10 hooker. Pardon my freaking expression. <laughs> Think about it. There's Those things don't have regular shocks and springs. Yeah. They have leaf springs. They, they don't... They're not like your car, man. They yeah. just... They bounce. It's every pothole, everything. Yeah. So... So do not... So you can't monitor that. You don't see. So every time I travel... To the events, we go to Virginia, we go to Urcho, we go anywhere we go, and I tow my big uh, 40-foot camper, I put always the batteries in the truck, mm-hmm. um, and I put them in the back seat, on, not in the back seat, I put them on the rear, on the floor, mm-hmm. in the rear, right behind my center console, so I can turn around and look at them, and if anything happens, they start to smoke or anything goes wrong, I can 
throw them out the window or do something about it, right? Yeah. And yeah. at least I can react. Yeah. So that is important. So yeah. be careful when traveling and transporting. Transportation, very important. Got to so, be safe. Yeah. Got to be safe. Yeah. Charging solutions. We've talked about batteries, and now we got to talk about how to discharge and charge these batteries that we use. So with you and I should have a, uh, a little rant. or uh, About what? About our discussion. Big charge case or isolated charger and power supply. All right, but hold the thought. Uh-oh. We have to do code raise. So, we haven't done this in, like, forever. I know. It's been a very long time, yeah. actually. So, this is valid only towards one product. Uh-huh. One product only. Yep. We have one too many of these things. So, if you want one, this is the time. This is a killer deal. Yeah. So the goblin buddy. No, no, the goblin friend. Oh no, you're right. Buddy. The, the buddy, the buddy, the buddy. Amigo. Um, the goblin buddy, twenty percent off, dude. Twenty percent off. That's a good deal. Um, there's only a couple of these. In order to take advantage of it, you have to go to bkhobbies.com. Mm-hmm. Find the 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 buddy helicopter, buddy three eighty. Mm-hmm. You can search it. This code is SG three eighty nine, and you have to use the code BK buddy. BK buddy, BK B U D D Y. Yep. And you get one for 20% off. This is only valid for six days. Mm-hmm. It'll expire all while supplies last. So hurry up and get it done. Yep. Do it. All right. So where were we at? We're talking about charging solutions. Charging solutions. I want you and I to go back and forth on either a big charge case, all inclusive, like the chargers, power supplies are in the case, or your standalone charger and power supply. Uh, by itself i think it depends on your budget it's really up to how, how okay. much money you have ready to spend on something like this okay i am a big fan of like a charging case only because it's self-contained mm-hmm. it's one case you carry it generally traditionally if they're done correctly they're waterproof mm-hmm. so if it starts raining at the field whatever you you're more worried about your helis than your case. You just shut the case close. They have seals in them, like a, a rubber gasket or rubber uh, O-rings or whatever you call it. Rubber gaskets, and they stay dry, and your yeah. your all your chargers, power supplies are preserved. They don't get wet. They don't get ruined. Uh, and again, it's a all-in-one solution. Like Everything is there. You just open it up. It looks cool. Yeah. It's got everything already built in. You don't have to like plug this to that, to this, to that, to this, to that. You just open it up, plug it in. One yeah. device you're plugging in, you're good yeah. to go. Yeah. But they come at a price. Very. <laughs> very and, as, and as we price. know, some people charge a lot of money for these things. A yes. lot of money. Yes. And a lot of pride goes into the build. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I'm kind of, I've, I've done it both ways. Back in the day when I was living in New York, I just had... Two iCharger 4010 Duos, a nice big power supply that plugged right into the, right into my Honda generator, and that's all I did. They were standalone, no case, nothing to go wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is very simple. Some might call it ghetto. Remember the old Hyperion stuff? Like, I yes, had a, a couple of old Hyperions, and mm-hmm. you just plug them into a power supply. I had, um, when I worked for Ready Heli, I had a Volts charger, which is basically an iCharger. Mm-hmm. But the old version, I think it was a thousand watt charger. I think they're called uh, three. I can't remember what. It, no, no, no. Uh, one hundred one B or some weird. Something name. like that. Yeah. yeah. 
And I would just carry two of those, literally. I I would throw them in this, like, oh, like, case, like a big-ass case. Yeah. They weren't, like, built into the case. They were just, i just throw them in the case. When I got to the field, I popped the case open and had this big disaster of, like, two chargers, <laughs> a big power supply, a bunch of charging leads. And I would just literally take them one at a time out of the case, lay them on the, on the bench, on the counter, mm-hmm. on the, you know, the bench at the field. Yeah. And then plug them into the generator and just plug everything else, plug them into the power supply, plug them into here, plug them into there, and off I go. Mm-hmm. And that works fine. I mean, that works for most people. If you don't want to spend the money, that's that's a decent solution. You don't need a charging case. Yeah. But again, the charging case is just cool because it it's just, again, it's all in one. It's a very turnkey, ready-to-go solution where you don't have to be plugging and unplugging things and this and that. So, very convenient, yeah. It's convenient, but you have to do your research because, again, some people are out there charge a lot of money for them. Yeah. They're they're beautiful. Some of some of the people that make them are doing a killer job, yeah. but they are not cheap. They're so, not cheap by any means. Depends this, on your budget. Yeah, I uh, you and I both personally use big old charge cases. Mine has two iCharger forty tens in the bottom of it. In the lid, it has two ISDT something or other charges in it and it's great but what up until recently what used to aggravate me is if i go to the field and fly only nitro i'm carrying this huge like 50 pound case just to charge a 2s 2100 pack twice yeah yeah, yeah. so that's where something like the little mooch cases come in where it's the little isdd chargers so honestly if i had to do it again this is absolutely nothing against the charge case manufacturer that i use nothing against them by any means but just for pure simplicity i'd probably just pick up one iCharger 4010, a power supply for it, and be done. Because at, at Torches, we're very blessed. No way. And, Come yeah, on. Yeah, because we're very lucky to have a solar-powered setup there, and I only need one iCharger for more often than not. Unless I'm competing, one iCharger is plenty for me as far as charging power goes at the field. So I would just pick a one iCharger, plug it into our power station, and go. If yeah. I was at a field where we had no power, like no, no solar power or anything, then I would need a power supply and a generator, but... You yeah, and I, you and I don't need that. So no. Um, the other thing is like, like find a charger with a good balancing system. Yes. Um, I think most of them nowadays, uh, most of them have decent balancing. But I think over this, I would just recommend just getting a well-known brand charger. Yeah. Don't be cheap with yeah. your charger. Yeah. Like a sheety charger kit could cost you a lot of headaches and a lot yeah. of problems. Yeah. Um, Thunder Power is a very reputable brand, and for a while they had issues with their own charger. Mm-hmm. It was blowing stuff up, and mm-hmm. like so, get a good, like nice, reputable brand. Some brands I can think of is Rev Electrics. Yep. iChargers. Yep. Um, Hyperion still it, makes a great charger. Hyperion still makes a really good charger. If you want something really small, ISDT. Yep. I don't think the quality is quite to the level of the others, but it's still reliable. It works. The worst that can happen is it'll like die, but it's not going to like burn your house. Well, what I've seen with ISDT, and um, we used to sell those Mooch cases. They had the ISDT little Q6. It's perhaps not their top of the line charger. So what I've seen is after a charge, it'll be charged done, and it'll say every cell is 4.2. It'll read on the screen. It says every cell is 4.2 volts. You and mm-hmm. I both know that's not mm-hmm. possible. And I'll plug it into another charger and it's only 4.17, 4.19. I've never seen it overcharge a cell, 
but it won't fully charge each cell. But it says it does. So that's the only drawback. I, I primarily use the the uh, little ISDT stuff for like receiver packs, which is not super crucial, or fireball packs, goblin buddy packs. That's what I usually use it for. Yeah. But for batteries that quote unquote matter, then I'll use something like an eye charger. But the ISDT stuff's good for small, compact, and you know, packing yeah. a punch in a small. But stick to like good brands. That's very important. Just don't yeah. be cheap. Don't. Don't oh this I found this on Alibaba that costs like twenty seven dollars. <laughs> no, just buy a freaking nice charger. Don't be cheap. If you spend thousand dollars on a freaking helicopter, spend three hundred on a charger. It's gonna last you five years. You know, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't agree more. Yeah. Couldn't agree yeah. more. I rather spend more money on a charger than on a transmitter. To be honest with you, I think chargers yeah. are important. Yeah. So for safety and everything else. So. Yeah. We'll talk about experiences a little bit here. Uh, I've already said it, but I've used eye chargers. Basically, exclusively for the past God, um, six, seven years. Uh, I got my first 4010 in probably 2013, 2014. And it's still being used to this day. It's what's in my charge case now. I cannot say enough good things about the iCharger. They have selectable modes, like Bert mentioned earlier. Uh, charge, discharge, storage modes. Uh, you can have selectable saved um, profiles, per se. So, like, you can name it, like, 12S Stick Pack. And then 12S stick pack slow balance, like you can you can save a bunch of different channels, receiver pack, nitro, whatever. So I have a bunch of different save presets. I have some presets where it's charging at a higher higher C rating, so it charges faster, and some that are just for balancing, slow charging, stuff like that. So I, I really like the the eye chargers. I trust them a lot. Uh, they always balance really well. So I have nothing nothing but good things to say. Yeah, I cannot agree more. I've been using eye chargers again for a while. I used to back in the day. I uh, took a break and I tried Rev Electrics, and I'm gonna sh share my story about it. Uh, nothing bad to say about them, but there's just something about the iCharger that it's just it just keeps going and going, mm -hmm. and it, and and it doesn't have the technology that other chargers have, but I feel like uh, overall, like it's just a good it's just a good old simple reliable charger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So, no question about it. The cool thing with the Rev Electrics, though, from what I remember you using it, was the bump tag. Yeah, so so for all of you not familiar with Rev Electric, so um, Rev Electric is a very well-known brand, very solid products, good chargers, and uh, um, they have a lot of different models. They've made re uh, changes in recent times where, like, some of the old stuff they used to carry that was really nice and solid is no longer available. They just updated stuff and changed stuff. But basically... The way it works is they give you these um, little stickers that have like a, a, a circuit board, an internal circuit board, like a, an IR board. And so you stick it onto your battery. And when you approach this quote unquote bump device, they call it a bump device or a bump plate or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you can teach the charger what that battery is. So you teach it. Um, what your preferred uh, charge rate is. So let's say 10 amps mm -hmm. for a 5,000 milliamp 6S pack. Let's say you're doing 10 amps. What your preferred discharge rate is. You teach it what kind of pack it is, how many cells, what's the capacity, um, uh, what the IR of the pack is. You teach it everything about that pack. And the cool thing about it is you don't ever have to like enter anything into the charger before you charge. So you can go from like a 5,000 milliamp 6S to like uh, a two cell 2,500 uh, receiver pack 
to uh, 3,000 milliamp 6S pack for like a 380 to like a 1250 amp 6S for like a Fireball. Mm -hmm. Like you could change and all you have to do is just bump. Just you bump it. You literally like touch this uh, reader with Mm -hmm. that chip that is, again, in the form of a sticker attached to your pack. And your charger knows, oh, okay, he's going to charge now the receiver pack. And it sets all the settings and all you got to do is hit start and off you go. So it's a really, really cool, nice technology. Um, but I just, I ended up like going to simplicity again because mm-hmm. I had this ginormous case. Ginormous. Yeah, it was like ginormous. the size of this table where we're yeah. doing the podcast. And it was like, I just, I want something simple. Mm-hmm. So I went to our friend Joe Cashwell and said, hey, can you just make me a very simple case? I don't want my name on it. I don't want lights or LEDs. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to for an arm to come out and hug me or shake my hand and tell me how you doing, Bert. <laughs> I don't want iPads on it. I don't want fireworks to come out of it. Nothing I don't else. want any of that. It doesn't need to be remote controlled. It doesn't need to load itself in the car. It just <laughs> needs to be a case that when I open up, I see two chargers with dual ports each, yeah. and it just works. Yep. And it's simple, and it's cool, and that's, that's what I got. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm so stoked with my case. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's the simplest case I've had. Mm-hmm. made by mr cashwell mm-hmm. and it works flawlessly and has been like a workhorse mm-hmm. and i love it and it's just eye chargers just because yeah. they're simple they're just yeah again nothing like again rev electrics is amazing nothing against it but it's just not as like it's more to you know it's like this brand new bmw we got right it's like are you kidding me like the technology no need no need <laughs> you don't need to talk to it and tell it that like no yeah you i want to push that button and it does what start. i'm telling it to do yeah start stop yeah start stop. <laughs> yeah so yeah. so i charger so i am now currently using the i charger 406 duo no and Yes. I thought you had 4010s. No, I have two 406 duos. Oh, okay. The 406s are only good up to 6S, mm-hmm. which I'm perfectly fine with. Yep, absolutely. Because that's the biggest cell capacity I will ever charge. Yep. At some point in my life, I needed a 4010 because I had a logo. I had a logo 600 that was running with a 10 cell battery. Or. So. Or your Goblin 770 on 14S, you had to charge a 7S pack. Correct. Yeah. Or I needed to charge a 7S, two 7S packs because I was running 14 cells. Right. Not only on my 770, I flew 14 cell on my 700s for a long time. Yeah. But lately, I don't have any need for any of that. My 700, all my 700s are 12S. My 770 is also 12S because the new 770 Sport, 770 Sport. Uh, is lighter, so it's it doesn't need the 14s, mm-hmm. and so I have two i charger four or six duos. They're a little bit cheaper, but they're just as nice as, yep. as any other one. Yep. Um, what's the other model? The 408, and then there's the 4010. Yes. Yes. And yeah. for those of you wondering what the naming convention means, 40 means it can do 40 amps per side. Six is success. So I have a 4010 duo, two channels, 40 amps, 10 cells per side. Bird has a 406, so it's 40 amps, six cells per side. Mm-hmm. Then there's they also have another great charger, is a 308, which is 30 amps per side, which is still what we talked about earlier, way more than we ever did. Dude, dude, 40 is ridiculous. 40 is like, who who does 40? Yeah, so the 308 is perfect. It's cheap, it's small, it's 30 amps per side, up to 8S. Great charger. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that's what I'm using, and I'm really happy with it. It works great. Yeah. And I have ISDT 
uh, on one of those little uh, mooch cases mm-hmm. that Cashville had made for us. We sold a bunch of them through BK Hobbies. We're out of stock right now, but I have one of those, and it works great. It's yeah. it's good for uh, it's just good. It's actually it's good for big batteries too. It does. This is lower charge rate. Yeah, like you were taking two of those mooch cases to the field. Mm-hmm. And charging like and just flying and charging that way like that's all you need really. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're not in any hurry to fly your big your big helis, two of the mooch cases is perfect because it yeah. it does up to six amps I think, which is not bad. Yeah, Once and the mooch cases were like and, and again we don't have them right now, so I'm sorry if you try to look for them and you don't find them, but yeah. um, we might have them again in the future or whatever. Yeah. But um, for like nitro, man, it's amazing. Perfect. You take that tiny little case; it almost fits in your. Not really in your pocket, but oh, like it's that yeah. small, yeah, and it's perfect for your receiver packs. Yeah, that's what great. you need, yeah, or like your starter battery dies, or mm-hmm. like you know your your fuel jug battery mm-hmm. dies. Like mm-hmm. it's perfect for that. Perfect, yeah. absolutely perfect. So yeah, so yeah, that's it about chargers. What about choosing battery? Or connectors. let's talk about battery connectors in general. What do you think about what do you think about battery connectors? There's uh, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I think the most important thing is choosing the right size connector for the application. Um, it's changed over the years. No need. I used to fly EC fives in the yep. three eighty. That's way overkill. <laughs> I know what to say. <laughs> but I oh, mean, wait a minute, the RC Heli Hangout haters are gonna hate me because it's too much weight. Yeah. yeah God, here we go. God. So, just real quick about connectors. I mean, there's so many different ways to do it, and it really depends on the current flow, I would say, in flying style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think if you're going to fly a 700, you want at least between 6 to 7 mil connectors, just to be safe. I run the um, RC Pro Plus 6 millimeters. You can get away with you could do and 5, 5 mil. mil, but, you, but it, again, it depends on, like, you nailed it. it. The way I see it is like... Okay, so like you know how many people have asked us, can you can you fly Hobby Wing one thirty mm-hmm. on a seven hundred class machine? Yep. Yes, you can. Absolutely. I've but done it before. How are you gonna fly it? Are you gonna fly it like Kyle Stacy? Or are you gonna fly it like Burke Hammer, which is even worse because he doesn't <laughs> know up. how to Shut freaking up. manage Shut the up. pitch? Shut up. Or are you gonna fly it like nice and kind and sport flying? Right. So if the answer is the latter, yes, you could do that. 100%. And the same applies to connectors. Maybe you can get away with a easy five or a mm-hmm. five mil connector. Mm-hmm. You're gonna fly anything harder than that, or your setup is harder. Your setup, your gear ration, your setup requires more. Yeah, I agree. You need six minimum six. I mm-hmm. think six is perfectly fine. Six is seven perfect. is a little overkill. But six is what you and I currently fly. We Correct. both fly the RC Pro Plus D six connectors. Correct. Or S six. I was flying the S sevens from RC Pro Plus when I was doing fourteen um, mm-hmm. uh, S, mm-hmm. and then when I dropped down to twelve S, I went to the sixes, mm-hmm. and I think it's more than enough. I it's agree. plenty. It's yeah. plenty. Um, and and again, the fives would be fine, but the only thing that I would bash the fives for is not the size of the bullet. Is I would ju- I would just bash flat out, and I have no issue bashing it. The EC five. Yep. I think it's a convenience connector. You can mm-hmm. buy it in any hobby shop, Hobby Town USA. Anywhere you go, you will find EC5s because it was developed by Horizon Hobbies. There's a crap ton of like uh, Chinese knockoffs of, of the same connector. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for, for, for Horizon Hobbies, it's not good for them because they're the ones that designed this. But the reason why I would bash it is because the construction of the plastic and the material is... It's not really high end. 
Yeah. And yeah. They, they can get hot. They can get hot. And when they do get hot, they can melt. Yeah. They can short. Yeah. They can, um, the bullets can come off the plastic connector itself. Yeah. And separate from the battery. Like, they're not, I had a lot of issues with them. Yeah. Back in my T-Rex 700 days, T-Rex 700 electric, mm-hmm. as I started to push the helicopter harder and harder and harder, I started having more and more and more issues. Mm-hmm. And RC Pro Plus did not exist back in the day. Right. So I went from EC5s to the Castle Creations connectors. Which were six and a half mil, I think. <clears throat> yeah, they were ridiculously overkill, and they worked really well. Yeah. Um, another, so to bash those now a little bit, um, I hate for bashing all these connectors, but... Um, they were they worked really well. The thing I did not like about Castle was they're really hard to like get in and out of the plastic mm-hmm. casing, right? Right. So, but they work well. I had no complaints in terms of like failures or like yeah. coming loose or anything like that. Right. And then I met Adam Wu on a trip to uh, I think it was Shanghai or something, and he told me about his connectors. He was just coming out with them. This is years ago, and I started flying RC Pro Plus and mm-hmm. haven't looked back. Ever since they're amazing, so same. same. I use um, yeah, I use EC5s forever until they start desoldering on me. Yeah, they desolder because they get. I think it's because they get hot. They yeah, get really hot. And to and for those of you out there say, oh, just learn how to solder and it won't be a problem. No, no. when you're sitting there and you're flying a three bladed Goblin 700 and you're pulling 200 amps almost consistently, 250, 300 amp peaks. Yes, yeah. they are going to desolder. I don't care well, how good at soldering you are, they will desolder. Well, the EC5s have two problems. The number one problem is it's five mil, which is small. Yeah, it's really small. Not a lot. Of so you don't have a lot of connect, a lot of contact surface mm-hmm. in there. So you can it can desolder itself simply from the lack of enough surface mm-hmm. connection, mm-hmm. and then it has the issue with the plastic that yeah. when the plastic heats up, it melts. Mm-hmm. So it's a double issue there. And again, it'll work for probably ninety percent of you guys, and you'll mm-hmm. be happy with it. Mm-hmm. But if you're really looking after high high end high performance, do not use them. If yeah. you're just doing sport flying and just yeah. casual flying, then you're okay. Something that has come out recently is called the RC Pro Plus S7 solderless connectors. Solderless. Yeah, I'm not very familiar with it. So tell me about it. Tell I, me about it. I just got a box of them yesterday. Uh, Kyle Dahl has been ranting and raving about them for like two or three years now. He's been flying them. Um, I've always used solder connections. Always soldered them. Never really had a problem with RC Pro Plus. What these are, it's a 7 mil bullet. You pull the insulation off the wire cut off like quarter inch put it into the bullet don't tin it and then you have two set screws that go in and pinch the windings and i was always skeptical because i'm like they're gonna pull out there's gonna be resistance whatever according to rc pro plus the resistance is like half of a soldered connection and they are strong because last night i did it on a battery and i put it in just like the manual says or kyle dar whatever i pulled on them as hard as i could i could not get the wire to come out they are strong it's proven it's good so i put it on one heli Last night, I'm going to give it a shot, see if it works. Uh, they are 7 mil, so it'll take up to, I think the peak is 270 amps and 230 continuous, which is something I'll never reach. Wow. So wow. it's a solderless connector. For those of you that absolutely cannot figure out soldering, this is another option for you. Uh, I'll report back next time to see if I have them come on down in the air. I don't expect to, uh, but it's just another option. And it took me, I think I did one 12 inch stick pack in two and a half minutes. <laughs> It's all mechanical, no soldering, nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's cool. Let's talk option. about XT, XT connectors. XT. I hate these. I hate them. Why? They're stupid. But they're cheap. They're cheap. A lot of people like them, though. Yeah, XT60, XT90. I think they're dumb because the bullet is inside the plastic housing. If you get too much heat, it melts. 
melts the plastic. Hey. Really? Yeah. I've had a lot of luck with the XT60s though. Back in the back in the uh, uh, FPB days mm-hmm. and things like that. I prefer the XT over the Deans myself. Really? Yeah. I found that it took a lot more effort to ruin an XT connector than it did a Deans. If True. you overheat a Deans connector, goodbye. It doesn't yeah. take, like, the plastic is done. It's yeah. fried. Yeah. But some people like them, XT. The problem is you can't really do a whole lot with, like, big applications. Like, it's mainly for, like, yeah. fireballs and mini comets yeah. and maybe up to a 500 if you do the XT90, maybe. What is it? I think an XT90 is 5 mil. Yeah. So it wouldn't really be good. I wouldn't be using that thing on like a 700. Mm -hmm. I would do like a 500, 550 tops. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get why people like them. I personally don't really care for them too much, but uh, I get why people like them. We already talked about EC connectors. Um, Some people like, um, you know, the XT60s going back to XT, they're good for receiver packs. Yeah. Solder receiver pack for your nitro. Yeah. Um, they're good for mini comets, fireballs, or oxy threes, and mm-hmm. things like that, right? Oxy twos, oxy threes. Um, I prefer them over an EC three. Yes. By a long shot. One thing I that, hate EC threes; they fall apart in no time. One thing I've noticed is that I've never seen a loose fitting XT connector. Correct. They always make a really nice connection mm-hmm. with the, with Deans and EC threes, especially. Either the the male bullet shrinks a little bit or whatever happens, but they can just come unplugged when you don't want them to. Yeah, and the I've, problem with the AC3 is the actual bullet comes off from the on the battery side. The bullet yeah. will come off the plastic housing, yeah. the case, very yeah. easily. Plastic case or plastic housing, very easily. I yeah. don't like that. I, I've never seen an XT come undone. I've had plenty of Deans unplug in flight. I've never seen an XT come unplugged. Which makes me talk about Deans. Deans is very old, very Super much old. a pioneer, yeah. pioneering connectors. Um, the original Deans made in the USA was very expensive still. I think you can still buy it. Mm. But then again, it's similar to the EC situation where a lot of Chinese knockoffs are available on the market right now. And like some people swear by them. They say they have, they can handle current really well. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're bad, but I just, again, um, God, come think of it. I tried Deans. I was flying Deans on 700 class machines for a while. Me too. And it's scary, man. It, it's like because when you use a very heavy gauge wire, very heavy gauge, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and you don't even have room, like the positive and negative is so close together with the heavy gauge wire that's really thick. It's almost scary. Mm-hmm. It's really scary. And yeah. you don't have a lot of, con- you don't have a lot of surface to contact surface to solder and everything else. I do not recommend Dean's unless, again, you're using on a 380, a Fireball, a Mini Comet, an Oxy-2, Oxy-3, like a Blade helicopter, a receiver pack, things like that. If you like Dean's, they're great for that. Mm -hmm. Although, again, I prefer XD, but the Dean's would be okay for that. But I wouldn't recommend anything bigger than like a a 350, 400 class machine. Like, no way. Yeah. What's funny is Jamie Robertson, he's not in the hobby for a couple of years now, but when he was still flying T-Rex 700s and Gowie. He quit the hobby? Yeah. Robertson? Yeah. Why? What happened? He's got a he's got a big boy job now, but he's doing something somewhere. I don't know. I don't want to share his life. But um, He's a lifeguard? Huh? Is a lifeguard? No, I don't oh. want to share his life. Oh. Oh. <laughs> he, uh, back when he was winning uh, everything, he was using Deans. And I think this is not a slam on him by any means. I think because his flying style suited it. He never really pulled a lot. He wasn't really leaning on the pitch ever. He was... It was a more technical... More technical, yeah, smooth, yeah, yeah, smooth yeah, yeah, pilot. Yeah, yeah. So he probably was never seeing 
high enough peaks. And I asked him one time, why do you use Dean's? He goes, they work for me, and my batteries come pre-soldered from the factory. Okay. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> well, that, that. that yeah. would do it. Yeah, can't argue with that. Done. So Done. Um, so I think the important part of it all is choosing the connector that can, that you like, but mm-hmm. above all, that can handle the current that you're, yeah. that you're trying to put through it. Mm-hmm. But I think everybody has their own preference. So whether it is the Castle Creations connectors, the mm-hmm. green things, they work great. Mm-hmm. They're just a pain in the ass to put together, but yep. they do work really well. Yep. Whether it is EC style connectors like EC5 or XT or whatever it is, or RC Pro Plus or whatever it is. Um, what are those other connectors that a lot of people are used to that are like, uh, they're not really like an RC Pro Plus knockoff, but they're kind of similar and oh. they're really cheap? Uh, I think, think they're the called Amas, Amas or something. Yeah, and they're really cheap. Like, I think what matters is, like, whatever you like and you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Like, my personal preference is RC Pro Plus, mm-hmm. and I'll use XT60s for little stuff. Mm-hmm. That is my preference. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to confess, I hate EC3, but I use EC3s on my receiver packs because Paul's receiver packs come pre-soldered with EC3s. Mm-hmm. So I change it. Mm-hmm. If it ain't broken, they'll fix it, right? Mm-hmm. But if I do have to solder and it's a small pack for like a Fireball, a 380, things like that, I would do an XT, XT60. I can get that. Um, um, Even over RC Pro Plus, simply because of the convenience that I'm used to. Mm -hmm. And like I know like that's my Mm go-to. But anything over that, it's 100% RC Pro Plus for me. I can see that. I can argue that. So. I would agree. But yeah, so connectors yep. connectors just just make sure that you choose the one that works for you and will work for what you're trying to put it I can't on believe we've been talking about batteries for an hour and a half this is ridiculous no i know, I know. next episode needs to be about nitro oh, wait we've already done nitro haven't we what we've nitro. already talked about nitro yeah we've talked a lot about nitro too many electrons discussed today yeah oh well well yes is that it are we ready to wrap it up uh, what else you got that's it Oh, man. Come on, you got to have something. Give me a rant. Give me something before we close it off. A rant. Yeah. A rant. Let's talk about Gator. We haven't talked about Gator. Gator. You know the thing about Gator is he likes to just disappear on his friends. It's just a friend of convenience. Yeah. You know how many times... Friends of convenience, Yeah. You know how many times I've called him since the Winter Bash? At least 10, 12 times. Me too. I text him. I call him. He doesn't call back because he's busy. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. If you're busy, that's fine. I mean, it is what it is. It's, it's, okay. It sucks. That He'll we're... call us when he needs us with right. some tips and tricks or something. Or, or he, he just... wants to do a club meeting. Yeah. He's going to talk to you. Yeah. It, it's it's bummed that yeah. we've been forgotten about Gator, but you know, it's hey, okay. It is yeah, what it no is. Problem. We'll get we still right. love you, Gator. It's all good. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of miss seeing Gator crash, so hopefully yeah. he'll call us one day so we can hook up and go fly. <laughs> <so we can laughs> uh, Nobody no. does it like Gator. No, we're seeing him uh, this Saturday. All of us are going out there. Well, he might forget about us again. He you might, know? you know, yeah. something more important. That's priorities, yeah. Yeah, like taking a crap. That's way more important. He's than a big family a guy, too. He's yeah. a big family guy. He's got grandkids and yep. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a very wife, busy. A yeah. wife. And and a wife. Yeah, yeah, all that. So Very busy. It's been fun while it lasted, Gator. Yeah, Yeah, he travels all over Florida like multiple times a week, but he won't come to Orlando, which is only 50 miles away, just to hang with his buddies. But it's okay. No no problem. We still love you, Gator. It's all good. We're not bitter or anything. No, no, we're not. We're we're very good. It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) I can see him calling me when he hears this shit. Anyway... (laughs) 
Well, what else you got? What else you got? That's all I got. That's all she wrote. All right. Perfect. Wrap it up. Yes. Well, thank you, everybody, once again for listening to our podcast. We appreciate it very much. I know it's been a while. It's been almost a month. Yep. And we're we're not doing the weekly podcast, but we're going to try to stay with you guys at least eh, every two to four weeks. Bi-weekly. Let's shoot for bi-weekly. But we're going to try to shoot for bi-weekly. I think yep. monthly is terrible, but... Considering the uh, the holidays and everything else we had going on, obviously it wasn't so easy to do a podcast. And I'm sure you guys wouldn't have listened to it anyway, because you had <laughs> your own commitments with family yeah. and the holidays and Christmas, New Year's and everything else. But we're going to try every other week. So um, that's it. That's it. So Done. if you need to get a hold of us collectively, yep. uh, facebook.com slash the BK official, T H E B K official. Or Instagram is also the Big Hill official. Mm-hmm. Um, you can uh, contact me via mm-hmm. Facebook at facebook.com slash birdrc or Instagram at bird, B-E-R-T underscore camera, K-A-M-M-E-R-E-R. Yep. I can also be reached personally. This is not business related. If you have questions about your helicopter or something that I can help you with that has nothing to do with our business here, just me as a pilot, as a friend to you, contact me at Bert, B-E-R-T, at camerer.name. If you want to keep up with me and what I do, you can follow me at facebook.com slash RC. Uh, messages are turned off for that, so if you do need to get a hold of me for anything outside of BK Hobbies, please contact me at RC at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Yep. Thank you, everybody, for listening, <laughs> and you'll... Like Enrico would say, you'll hear us. Uh, hear you soon. Hear you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Let I check. Hear you Goodbye. soon. Goodbye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>